Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. But before we get this show on the road, I want to say a quick thank you to GPS Radar for making this episode possible. GPS Radar is the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started with today's interview with the amazing Innocent of Hassange, I wanted to let you know that this is the final podcast of the season. You might not know it, but the Fashion Your Seatbelt podcast is based out of Paris, France. And here, it is customary to take a nice, long summer holiday. So that is what we're going to do. And we'll be doing it for the entire month of August to go off the grid and get re-energized for the fall. But not to worry, we will be back in September with a whole new lineup of exciting guests for you to discover or get to know better. In the meantime, why don't you take advantage of these long summer days and go back and listen to the Fashion Your Seatbelt podcast that you might have missed up until now. The one we just posted with the editor-in-chief of Vogue Spain, Eugenia de la Torrente, is a great one for you budding fashion journalists out there. And both Angela Massoni and Stephen Jones have a lot of amazing fashion wisdom to share. On the business side, my interviews with Ruth Chapman of Matches Fashion and Stephanie Fair of Farfetch have a lot of powerful insights about the industry. And please do continue to post your reviews and comments on iTunes. I love hearing from all of you. So now let's get down to talking about Inez. You know that classic line about looking up a word in the dictionary and you would find a photo of a particular person there as the embodiment of said word? Well, in the case of Inez, if you looked up the word Parisian chic in the dictionary, you might actually find a photo of her there. She is so linked to this idea that she even wrote a worldwide best-selling book on the subject, which of course was titled Parisian chic. It already has produced a few equally clever and easy-to-read offspring. But calling Inez an author is to limit her. She is so very many things. A global brand ambassador for the French luxury accessories company Roger Vivier. She also has a store in Paris that bears her name, filled with all of her favorite things that she has hunted out on her travels around the world. But also pieces that are oh so French that make for great keepsakes and gifts for tourists looking to capture the je ne sais quoi French style for themselves. Ines is also behind a highly successful clothing collaboration with Uniqlo and Aigle, and she even has a capsule line of Citroën DS3 cars named after her that feature a few of her favorite things and colors. Ines, who is a slender 5'11 and 60 years old this year, is also a world-class model, a muse for many years of Karl Lagerfeld at Chanel, as well as Jean-Paul Gaultier, and she just recently walked in both of their shows. Inez is also the mother of two amazing girls, runs her own company, and has a fantastic blog called La Lettre d'Inez, where she writes up all of her latest discoveries that span the whole chic lifestyle spectrum. Basically, Inez is one of those women you end up having a girl crush on, while at the same time you endlessly wonder, how does she do it all? In our chat, she lets me in on a few of her tricks to having it all and doing it in style. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I know you have so much to do, and I really appreciate you taking the time. It's a pleasure, Jessica. We all work so much. My first question, and I imagine you get this all the time, is so how does it feel to be basically the living embodiment of Parisian chic? (laughs) How does that mantle feel on your shoulders? (laughs) To be self-conscious is never something good. It's against happiness, against everything. 
And um, but what is funny? It's when you've been working for years, I can say centuries, <laughs> uh, for fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you learn, and the more you understand that one doesn't need so many things mm-hmm. and good things, few things, mm-hmm. but not too many. And that we're not supposed to be magazines, and we're not supposed to show off with the last things we bought. And but um, it's better to find what fits you, mm-hmm. and um, and have uh, the right things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never, I never dress up in order to be photographed mm-hmm. by paparazzis in the streets. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes at the last moment, I think, oh, maybe this is too simple because I just have navy blue pant and silk white blouse. And I, after I see many of these pictures on Instagram, mm. I think, oh, maybe they appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the simplicity. But you've done how many books now uh, talking about Parisian chic and the, the style of the, the French young woman? I mean, you have one on men's now? and you yeah, have, How many is it? Uh, I can't keep track. Um, there's a guide and three other books. Guide and three other and books. The first one was such a success because people were talking to me all the time about this Parisian style. Yeah. And I thought, you know, there were many styles, fantastic. I thought, you know, South American women, Indian women, American women, all kind of women could have a lot of style. But people kept talking to me about this Parisian style. And then with my friend Sophie Gachet, mm. we wanted to understand what it was all about. And talking about it, uh, we understood there is a style that is not effortless chic. It's, um, it's done with a mixture of things mm-hmm. and um, vintage things, very brand new things, luxury uh, things and more casual uh, items. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, And then it makes something different. Not to say it's better, mm-hmm. but it makes something different and quite recognizable. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I, I know and then that we gave also addresses and tips and things. It was a huge success. It was it translated in so many languages. Would you say that people love, saying that they love the book, or is that other reasons that your people come up to you or talk to you? Is that I think um, women want to identify with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes in magazines you see gorgeous pictures done by very gifted photographers, and um, and and you admire it. And this way you discover what's what's the fashion, what's going on, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's the eye of an artist sometimes. But uh, every morning when they dress up. They just don't know how to dress up. Mm-hmm. And the more you have brands and the more you have possibilities to buy things and websites are, um, and there's even very cheap high street brands and, and there's really good, nice clothes there. Mm-hmm. But, but many, many women, they, they just don't know what, what to wear. Mm-hmm. And they have this feeling that they don't have the right things. Mm-hmm. And then um, maybe we, we, with my books and or what I can say in interviews, they think, oh, finally this woman looks like me more or less. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. has to go to the office, she's busy, she's in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and then they want to be helped. Mm-hmm. And finally, what I try to do is to be like a friend of these women or girls. Well, I know my my mother took it to heart. I think she every single the the blazer, the the v the v neck navy sweater. I mean, she was like all over it. She really like page by page every single suggestion you had was she took it to heart. So, but you know we. When we've been working in fashion like you and me, mm-hmm. like this, we learn things. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes we don't even realize that we learn things. But we look much better now than before. <laughs> and uh, I always noticed that, you know, with women on TV, like journalists on mm-hmm. TV, uh, when there's old pictures of them when they started, they mm-hmm. look really terrible and we laugh all the time. Too much makeup, too much hair, mm-hmm. too much terrible clothes and after working with professional people professional hairdressers makeup artists and stylists mm-hmm. they learn and they look much better mm-hmm. and um and then sometimes we don't even have the feeling that we know something but we know something mm-hmm. and um i remember this journalist who came to see me once she was german And she told me, oh, what is it, all this thing about Parisian style? And then uh, I said, when you go back to your hometown, to your city, Düsseldorf, don't your family call you the Parisian girl? And then uh, she said, yes, how do you know that? And then I said, I'm not Sherlock Holmes, but you told me that you're living there since 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you catch things from, from Paris and how people dress up. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, maybe you, you took off some jewels. You have less colors. So you have a more simple look. Mm-hmm. The way you mix up things. All this is very Parisian. Mm-hmm. And um, and then it's the same for 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 the fashion world. And when you see at the um, uh, the fashion shows, the front rows with the important journalists, they're not that much fashion victims. No, for sure. And uh, All the funny pictures that we can see in magazines or on Instagram, that these people outside of the shows who are doing crazy looks mm-hmm. because they want a picture or they want to, you know. Yeah, it's a different, it's a definitely a different beast. But, I mean, we were talking, uh, you know, all of these influencers and things like that, and I was researching you, and I'm like, you're kind of like an OG influencer or what we would call an ambassador. I mean, you you kind of represent a lot of different brands, particularly Roger Vivier. You were one of the first to kind of be that in that role of an ambassador. And is, how many years has it been now that you're here? 17 at already. 17. Yeah. I mean, Roger Vivier was known, but you brought it back to life to a certain mm-hmm. extent with your, your grace and your fun and your playfulness. Can you talk a little bit about what it's, what it's like to, to represent a brand for so long and, and infuse maybe your identity with the brand, but still stay yourself. I mean, you talk a little bit about that, experience yeah you, you say the right words it, fashion goes with life mm-hmm. and um roger Vigier was very f- famous in museums finally he was a huge name in the history of fashion and like the victoria and albert museum and the metropolitan museum mm-hmm. and the louvre they had uh, many things of uh, vivier because he was like a researcher and uh, invented many, many things, then the stiletto, but mm-hmm. uh, many other things too. And then, uh, but at one moment it has to be nowadays, mm-hmm. and it has to be alive. 
And, uh, and then it's quite easy, finally, when you really love something and somebody and uh, uh, the work of um, Bruno Frisoni, yes. how he, he could see the, the spirit of Vivier was quite easy, finally, for me. How I did it, I don't know, with a lot of spontaneity and, and a lot of honesty. And, and this is what I've noticed, too, it's that, you know, these brands who are crossing decades like this and are still very successful, it's because at the beginning there were something, and something really very, very strong. Mm-hmm. There's an honesty in fashion. You can explain each, each time. 17 years ago, that people imagined that luxury was a little bit stiff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never thought so. And maybe it's because of the other school that I did, which was Chanel with Lagerfeld. Yeah. I, I, I never thought that to be elegant, you had to be uptight and very square. It's just the opposite. You have to be provocative and, and happy. And, That's and, what and, you learned at Chanel with Carl, to be provocative and happy? Yeah, and uh, never conventional, mm. never conventional. And you always um, you always have to work with a lot of frivolity. But it's also business. You're a very, very astute businesswoman. I mean, you've got um, your Uniqlo collaboration is just ridiculously popular. Um, <laughs> you've got, then you know, um, what is it? It's, uh, uh, the latest one is with, uh, that just launched a couple of weeks ago with um, Aigle. Yeah, with egg. And then, did I see that there's a, a Citroën DS with your name on it as well? Yes. I mean, so how does that all come to you? What makes you decide to do these partnerships? And which ones do you just say, yes, this is what I want to do? Because first I'm a customer. Mm. And I'm a shopaholic, I would say. even, And, uh, and then I always think, shall I buy it or not? Mm-hmm. Which is the easiest question. And, uh, and I always think about what I wish, what I wish to find and wear. And then if it's at Uniqlo, um, I imagine I would go during lunchtime, I would be busy, I wouldn't have time to try on things, and uh, I want to be seduced by easy things uh, that can be easily mixed together and uh, good quality and not expensive. Mm-hmm. And then I just design what I want to find. Mm-hmm. And for a car, it's just the same. Um, if I can decide the color of my car and how it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I just, um, I'm like a spoiled child. I just say what I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the same for egg. I I'm just think if it's raining, how I'm going to dress up, mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way. Mm-hmm. And because after when you see in the shop what's left usually it's quite obvious mm-hmm. or it's because it's a bad product or because it's too expensive but it's never really a surprise mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. good things are going away quickly mm-hmm. and it's strange that um, important industrial people don't catch that mm-hmm. each time there's a collaboration or a good product in in um, In the shop, it goes away. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it sells out buy, fast. Yeah. People buy what they see, and when it's great, they buy it, and they understand it. I, I never think people are stupid. They rather have good taste. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tr- rather trust very much 
the customers, mm-hmm. even more than the professional people, <laughs> uh, the commercial people, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then another thing is that you also have your own line. So back in the day, you had, I remember you had the brand and I remember uh, your own name, Ines de Fassange, and then, it, and then the company, you left the company and you lost your name and then... I don't know how many years yeah, it was. It was very di- difficult. Yeah. But, you know, I always forget the past. Mm-hmm. But now I mean, you have you your have name. so yeah. many things to remind. If you have to remind all the bad things of the past, it's too much. Mm-hmm. But today, yeah, we relaunched yeah. this brand. Your name is back. Yeah. And it's since four, four or five years, four years. And it's a baby company. Mm-hmm. And it, it's great fun because finally there's not so many small companies mm-hmm. today. I mean, there's huge groups, you know, with very prestigious names mm-hmm. and, and making a lot of advertising and fashion shows and things. But baby, tiny brands like this, there's not so many. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm already proud that it exists. Mm-hmm. You know? It's yeah. kind of a miracle. <laughs> and, uh, and we have a great shop. It's a very, very old shop. It hasn't been touched since 100 years which is quite a miracle also in France. You know? And uh, and then there's many things in it. There's like um, things for the home, clothes, glasses, um, toys, uh, notebooks. I mean, um, it's, we said Grand Greek and Kairi. I don't know how you yep, say that yep, in English. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, it's, it, yeah it's I somewhere don't, where you find everything. Everything, everything you want. You, you've yeah. always been very good at chine uh, de niche, as they say in French, to discover all of these great little objets that make you mm. just like, oh, I need this. I had no idea I needed this until I came into <laughs> your store, and then I and now I realize I needed this. Yeah, but you know, very often also I think you know about uh, foreigners uh, or travelers. They come in Paris, and what do they expect from France? And then I always imagine the cliche of France, like buying a beret and espadrilles and nice baskets and maybe a bottle of olive oil, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, when, when I'm going to England, I wish I could find a quilt or Shetlands with flowers around. Mm-hmm. But I always think, you know, if somebody comes in Paris, he wants to buy a present for a friend or husband or children and something for himself, I, I don't know. And then uh, I, I think it's from another time that there's a shop with only very expensive things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I find it boring. And then people say that it's a concept store, but a concept store, I imagine something quite empty, like this presented like in a museum. Yeah, very sterile. My thing looks much more like a bazaar. <laughs> yeah, but I, what I love about it is it's very, very French, and yet it's, there's nothing cliche about it either. And it's it's this it's the elegant mm. French. So it's a it's a very fine line that you're able to walk with that store that that mm. that maybe somebody else other than yourself wouldn't be able to pull off. But the other no, but also if you go everywhere in the world, you find the same products. Now. Exactly, exactly. Then you're getting depressed, and um, and this is a little bit sad. But the other day I did something really funny. I, I I did some makeovers on uh, customers. Okay. And I've noticed that all of them, they had prejudices about themselves. Like, oh, I never wear prints. Mm-hmm. Or I, I never wear black. Or, uh, they all have special ideas. Like, mm-hmm. put me heels, no mm-hmm. flats. Yeah. 
And I, of course, I didn't listen to them. <laughs> and uh, my hairdresser was there and my makeup artist and a photographer. And they were thrilled after with themselves mm -hmm. on the pictures. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they all bored with that put on, on them. It was not the purpose. You know? I just wanted to show them it was, everybody can look better at one moment mm -hmm. with very simple things. And not are, so much. And are these things, these images you're putting up on, on the Instagram of the account or is, was this for something else? Or because no, I mean, it was the, I think themselves. it was for themselves. For themselves. But I have a newsletter uh, called La Lettre d'Inès.com that mm -hmm. is badly translated by a robot. Ah, but, uh, Google what, Translate, <laughs> damn you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it makes so funny things sometimes, doesn't matter. And then, and then I've put uh, some of them uh, in my newsletter. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it was, no, it was an exercise like this, because I... When I walk in the streets, you know, I, I see women, I always think, oh, this one with a more simple haircut, mm -hmm. or a more simple uh, jacket would look far much better. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, because it's fun. You know, I, one shouldn't do all the time things on purpose for something. Mm -hmm. you know? You've been a model, you've been an entrepreneur, you've been a, you've been a muse, uh, and a businesswoman, of course. What... What's left on your bucket list? Is there something else that you really want to accomplish, either professionally or personally, that you haven't done yet that you really want to do? No, no. Wisdom is the target. <laughs> you know, to be cool, to avoid stress, mm -hmm. and uh, learning every day to appreciate everything. Mm -hmm. um, there's many, many things that you have. One still have to learn. <laughs> yep, never stop learning. And um, professionally, I understood something that everything is possible. It depends with whom. Hmm. Because uh, if tomorrow people ask me to make the decoration of a hotel, I'm not against the idea. But it depends with whom. Who's the owner of the hotel? Mm -hmm. What can I do? And then everything happens like this, you know, and. Um, But I always have desires of things. Uh, today, I would love to do a, another book about women that I see, that, that I appreciate their style. Mm -hmm. Because very often in the magazine, I see very young girls, and they're all models. And, um, and they look absolutely gorgeous. I'm really happy to see them. But I don't see so many women who are more than 30 years old yeah. and who have... a work and not especially in fashion and 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 they're examples mm -hmm. you know and we, we should show them sometimes mm -hmm. i would definitely buy that book <laughs> so i hope you're working on it great, great. all right so i'm going to skip to the now to what i ask every person i interview are these five generic fashion questions so um i think this will probably be a hard one or maybe not mm -hmm. um what is um the favorite piece of clothing that you own of everything you have accumulated over your amazing years <laughs> yeah. uh, listen um it's a velvet corduroy jacket it looks absolutely sloppy all the buttons are all different uh, it looks vintage no? mm -hmm. and uh, it, it cost a fortune when i saw it for what it was you mm -hmm. know it was like something like 500 euros or Uh, and, and for a corduroy jacket, it was just ridiculous. But I thought it was 
cut in a very, very nice way. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was so unique and so special. And then I felt really guilty buying it. And, uh, but today, I've noticed, when I throw away my clothes, give them, or what, make a choice, mm -hmm. make some order, decluttering. This mm -hmm. is the new word that I know, decluttering. Yes. And the, the, this jacket always stayed there. And, and it's a good lesson because finally it's better to spend a little more than what you want or can, mm -hmm. but and buy really something that you like because you, you keep it forever. And each time you, you see it and you wear it, you're happy. Yeah. yeah. But that actually brings me to my second question. Um, if you were to recommend to women one item of clothing that they should really invest their money in. If there's one piece, you're like, yeah, this is where you're going to spend that extra money, maybe the, you know, the, that'll last long term. What would that piece be? I would say navy blue sweater. This is something quite boring to buy. And, um, but it gives you a nice face, nice mm -hmm. complexion. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, it fits to everyone. It gives you a little bit childhood, like juvenility. Is that the usefulness? Yeah. Usefulness, yes. Yeah. And, um, And it, it's not really, really fun to buy, but after when you wake up in the early morning and you're in a hurry and all, you will always look nice in a blue, navy blue sweater. If you're a man, if you're a woman. I can confirm. Age, I can confirm age. this is true. Very true. Um, next question is, who is your favorite fashion designer, living or dead? <laughs> and then um, um, I think... Balenciaga is a, like an example. You know? mm -hmm. I saw this. Um, I saw this exhibition. Everything is about volume, and uh, it's so elegant and incredible. But it's a master, mm -hmm. and um, but life and uh, and then for every day, I, I quite admire the work of Isabelle Marant mm -hmm. because she's always trendy, and um, it's always a bit rock and roll. But it's very easy to wear for every day. And she really succeed that. Yeah. And uh, because, of course, you can admire somebody like, I don't know, Yoji Yamamoto, or on the runway, it's gorgeous. But uh, to be able to succeed, to, to be dreamy and... Um, and still feet on the ground. Still on, on the ground, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Um, what is one trend, fashion trend, that you will never follow? That's very, very clear because you know, if you work in fashion, you have to learn that you never say never. Mm -hmm. But clogs, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, clogs. Plastic. Yep. Uh, I, I can't imagine that once I'm going to wear them. The crocs, those croc things? Uh, the, yeah, yeah, in plastic. Yeah. Now, real clogs in wood and leather, yes. But the plastic things with holes, I, I can't imagine yeah. once I would like them. But... Um, no, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. What do you love most about fashion? It brings joy and uh, it, it brings happiness. And the um, uh, most interesting thing is creativity. Um, so I think uh, for, for everything, for all kind of work, but there's a lot of creativity in fashion. But I remember a friend of mine, and she was dying of cancer. I mean, she was, uh, it was really her last uh, days. 
And I said, okay, I, I, she was living in South of France. I said, I go back to Paris to need something. And she told me, bring me back a mini skirt in jeans. <laughs> and I, of course, we've been laughing. There's no way. I mean, she was so skinny in here. But we've been laughing about that. And uh, until the end, I, I remember I took her once from hospital uh, for a day. I had the permission from the director of uh, the hospital. Maybe he liked fashion, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I took her over, you know, to go in some shops and things. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a great moment. And this is all about fashion. You know, if during one day you can forget something and... Um, um, yeah, let's say joy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it can be very uplifting, for sure. Ines, mille merci. Merci beaucoup. This was so wonderful Et talking to you. C'est un plaisir, Jessica. Reviens vite. I promise I'll be back soon. Merci. Thank you. Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Fashion Your Seatbelt is made possible thanks to the wonderful people at Launchmetrics, the software company that is powering the fashion industry, and GPS Radar, the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect in style. I am a member of GPS Radar, and I can tell you, as a journalist, it has made my work life run much more smoothly. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.